0: Hi, everyone. It is Jen DeWall here. And this week, you are going to listen to a mini all on authentic leadership. Authentic leadership is actually quite a buzzword these days. And really, it's just because people are craving to have more of a genuine connection with their colleagues. I mean, and it makes sense, right? We spend the majority of our time with our boss, with our colleagues, with or at our work environment. So we want to feel like this is a place where we genuinely connect, that we feel supported, and that people care about us. One thing to keep in mind about authentic leadership is that it's a great way to build trust. Matter of fact, according to the 2020 Edelman Trust Barometer, 55% of people trust big business organizations to do what is right. Now, Part of that challenge with the trust is because we aren't authentic, meaning we may not be as transparent and we may not be as clear. And another thing that the same 2020 Edelman Trust Barometer found is that 66% of employees don't feel that they have confidence that their current leaders can successfully address challenges. Now, these are some reasons why you want to forge a deeper connection with the people that you work with. So, what is authentic leadership? Now, this is someone else's definition, but I think that it's you know really pertinent to how we're going to be talking about it on this mini-sode. Authentic leadership is about leading from the core of who we are to inspire each of us to our best contribution toward a shared mission. Now, that is a quote from Hannah Enam, but really, we want to think about leading, understanding who we are at our core. This isn't not or this is not the person that we feel like we should be, or maybe trying to pretend that we're someone that we're not, but we're trying to lead authentically, as well as pulling out other authenticity from those that we lead, those that we interact with. But let's talk about what it's not. So first of all, authentic leadership is not trying to make everyone happy. It's also not taking shortcuts or rule breaking. So that means that we are keeping our integrity in check because we can't build trust or lead authentically if we do or if we say one thing and do another. Authentic leadership is also not ego first and team second. It's not about you. Authentic leadership understands that we are all in this together, doing the best that we can. And it's really important then that we don't break trust if we want to lead authentically and that we don't play politics or gossip. When you do gossip or you say maybe something rude, bad, a criticism about someone to someone on your team or just someone that you work with that's eroding your trust. And it's also telling people, watch out. They might say one thing to your face and say something behind your back. So really an important piece about authentic leadership is to lead consistently, to make sure that you're walking the walk. Here's a quote to consider about authentic leadership. A man who wants to lead the orchestra must turn his back on the crowd. And when we think about authentic leadership, it's not necessarily about pleasing everyone, but it is about focusing on our team and trying to pull the most out or the best parts, their strengths about them. So things that you want to consider is what what things that I could be doing right now that may be coming off as inauthentic that could be breaking trust. Maybe you're not being consistent in your leadership style, or maybe you're, you know, giving consequences to one person and not the other for the same type of thing. Maybe you're not necessarily managing your emotions correctly in a way that's productive for those to want to listen to you. So, Another definition of authentic leadership to keep in mind is that authentic leadership is built on a person's character and is not a system that can be adopted or a method to be applied. Authentic leaders have many different management styles and personality types. After all, we're all different. And as the name implies, it's not an act, nor can it be effectively imitated. The greatest strength that you have is being you. And according to Bill George, his characteristics of authentic leadership are five things. their purpose and passion, values and behavior, heart and compassion, relationships and connectedness, and last, self-discipline and consistency. Now, this is from Bill George, who has been considered one of the leading, or I would say, primary individuals that kind of really got us thinking about authentic leadership. But another individual that's well-known in the authentic leadership space is Andy Skidmore. And in his model, he talks about authentic leadership being five pieces. So there's the vision, So that's what, where are we working to go for? Why do we want everyone to get there? How can I show them what we're marching on towards? There's the service, which is what can we do from others? Authentic leadership is practicing servant-based leadership. It's not saying, well, what can you do for me? It's how can I help you? There's also a high conviction of values. That's point number three. We understand our values. We know exactly who we are. We also understand that those that we interact with also have values. And what we want to do is lean into our own values, but also understand the values of those around us. And that we also want to create, this is number four, genuine relationships. And the final piece of authentic leadership, the more that you know about yourself, the more self-awareness that you have, the better able you're going to be able to identify maybe where you're not coming off as authentic or just figuring out ways that you could be more relational. Maybe you had one of the mentalities of saying, well, this is work. I'm not supposed to be friends with everyone. Well, sure. We obviously understand boundaries. There's certain things that you can't share with your team, but does it really mean that you can't be friends, be cordial, get to know them, know their wife's name or their children's name or what they like to do? No. So as we're going through this, I'm going to walk through Andy Skidmore's recommendation of the five, and I'm just going to give you some tips on how you can work on the five things. But I want you to think about what area will be the best area for you to focus on to be more authentic with your team. So the first area that we're looking at is self-awareness. And self-awareness is understanding one's own emotions, needs, and drives. To relate with others successfully. So we can think about this as emotional intelligence. And there's a benefit to understanding self-awareness. The more self-awareness we have, the better we're going to be at problem solving because we can understand our strengths and weaknesses. We know where we could maybe aid in, you know, solving a problem, but also who we could go to to help us get there. So if you want to boost your self-awareness to lead more authentically with your team, one way is to, you know, use Or identify your own strengths and weaknesses and don't try to make your weaknesses your strengths. Look at this as an opportunity to say, you know what? This may not be my strong suit, but I bet Michelle on my team, she could be a great person to solve this. And it's understanding that you as a leader do not have to do it all. So then the important piece of self-awareness is that you've got to admit your mistakes. When you as a leader can share that you're perfect and you're perfectly imperfect and you're a human being that makes mistakes, then they have less stress because they know that It's okay. We know that mistakes are going to happen at work, but we don't want people to be so afraid of the mistake that they become overworked, overly anxious, you know, have too much stress that then it's actually creating more of what we don't want to see. So in other ways, do emotion check-ins. Now, one of my favorite things is to do the emotional breathalyzer, which is a check-in with yourself before you send an email. If you notice that you might be really frustrated or angry, this is an opportunity to check in and say, do I really wanna send this? And do an emotional check-in before you go into a meeting. Because remember, when you're in that meeting, you're face-to-face with your peers or with the people that lead you. And if you go in frustrated or annoyed, that absolutely is going to rub off on those that you interact with. And again, it's then going to be the behavior that more likely will be repeated by others on your team. Now, other ways that you can boost your own self-awareness is through journaling. You know, just jot down your thoughts. Talk about your triggers. Talk about your day. It doesn't matter, but just start to form a genuine connection with yourself. And the last piece is to practice leading without judgment. Self-awareness understands when we truly practice that, that we are perfectly imperfect as is everyone else around us. It's not our duty to judge them. It's our ability to be curious to understand how we can more or less have a better connection with them. Now, the second piece of Andy Skidmore's model is all about our relationships. And one thing to consider about relationships is that leaders are not just responsible for the revenue or for the budget projections. Your success as a leader is going to be contingent on connecting with others your customers your employees and suppliers are at the heart of every single business and creating positive relationships with them is key and one of the great ways to create a positive relationship is by being real you want to be approachable you want to you know show that you they can trust you you also want to use that to build team morale so tips on how to improve your relationships get to know people Ask them questions. It doesn't have to be, you know, if they if you say how was your weekend and they say fine, you could say, oh, what did you do? And ask open-ended questions to get to know more of them. Also drop the image. Again, people want to work for people that they see as human. They don't want to work for that robot that might say exactly what they think they're going to say because that's what people want to hear. They want to see you as an individual. And if you want to also build better relationships, start by assuming positive intent. Now I know it can get really really easy especially if we're bogged down with work to you know maybe get more irritated or frustrated and then have a knee jerk reaction When really in actuality, if we ever just assume that those around us are doing the best that they can and assuming positive intent, then we may not be as likely to fly off the handle and we're going to be more likely to have a better collaboration with them. So, of course, with relationships, too, then it requires us to practice vulnerability, again, sharing our mistakes where we may be afraid, where we might feel strong. Also, practicing being curious and, of course, being a great listener. Now, this last piece for relationships is to embrace feedback. Now, I would also encourage your employees to give you feedback. And I know that that can feel tough because we don't necessarily want to hear it from them. But if we assume positive intent that they truly are giving us feedback to help us forge a deeper connection and create a better team environment. Then let's not take it personal and say, is there something in this feedback that could really improve the group overall? Perfect. The third piece of Andy Skidmore is all about our values. You know, and values are a person's principles, or standards, a behavior. It's one's judgment of what's important to life. And if you want to get in touch with your values, a great thing that you can do is go online. There are plenty of values assessments, but understand what ones are core to you. Now, for me, some of my core values are authenticity itself. I love to be able to express myself exactly as who I am, and I really dislike environments where I have to pretend that I'm someone that I'm not. That's where I didn't necessarily connect with some organizations that I've worked with because I felt like I had to put up a facade. I had to pretend that I was someone that I wasn't, and then that actually created more stress and anxiety for me. But the important thing here is to check in with yourself, get familiar with your own values. Because when you understand your values, you can use them as your compass, as your foundational point to make decisions. So for example, if I know that authenticity is really important to me, then maybe I won't put myself into positions where I have to show up or pretend that I'm someone I'm not. And the other piece with this is that the more that we can make decisions that align with our own values, the happier that will be, the more confident that will be. And also, it makes it easier to make decisions. Whereas when we make decisions that might go against our values, that's when we might find that we may be more upset or have more stress, or then we feel like we're not doing the right thing. And keep in mind, too, with values. Every single person has a unique set of values and that our values change. So check in with your team, have them do a values assessment so then you can understand. You might uncover some differences that could be causing conflict, such as one person maybe having a value of wanting to have something done complete before they take action and another person saying, well, like, you know, it's is better good is better than done. That could be an opportunity to have a conversation that the conflict is not actually about the two individuals so much as their own values. So how you could do that when you find that list of values, just go through a a typical values list, circle your top 10, then narrow it to 5. And rank yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. One being, I don't align with this value. Or 10 being, yeah, I'm in alignment with this value right now. And if you find that you're out of alignment, then identify some actions that you can take To better align with where you need to be. So for example, if one of my values was career and then I rated myself a two because I felt like I haven't really been doing anything to drive it. I've just been kind of doing the minimum. Well, then this is an opportunity to say, maybe I need to take a class, have a conversation with my boss, so on and so forth. Now, the fourth thing of authentic leadership from Andy Skidmore is all about service. And servant leadership is a leadership philosophy in which the main goal of the leader is to serve. So as a servant leader, you have a servant-first mindset. You focus on the needs of others before considering your own needs. This is where it's important for us to reduce our own ego. Um, for those that may be familiar with our, with the Crescom faculty members, Steve Farber wrote an excellent book, I would recommend everyone checking it out, called Greater Than Yourself. And this is really a mindset that our goal as leaders, if we're truly going to be a servant leader, our goal is to make everyone better than what we could even be. It's looking inside, thinking about our own skills, our strengths, and how can we share that with someone else? So how can we practice service? Well, first and foremost, asking questions. How can I help? Also, leading with empathy. It's showing people that, hey, I see you. And it's practicing seeing things from their perspective. Another way that you can incorporate service is doing your own skills analysis and asking yourself, what skills could I share with people on my team? And then scheduling development time. Or you could use those skills to match up via mentoring programs. You could match up someone that has a dominant skill, let's say, in communication with someone that maybe has a dominant skill within their analytical side and looking at the reports and maybe see how they can work together to share that knowledge. And, of course, practice that greater-than-yourself mindset from Steve Farber. Now, the last piece for authentic leadership is that we have to have a vision. We can know who we are. We can value our relationships. We can know our values. We can know so much, but we need to also know where we're leading our team. And vision is essentially the the ability to see beyond the mess that may be in front of you, to abstract away from it, to clean it up, and see a hopefully better future that does not yet exist. And it's important for us, if we want people to follow us, if we want them to work harder for us, they need to know what we're working for. And they also want to know how they're connected to that vision. So vision defined is where the organization wants to go in the long term. And a vision is like creating the future in advance. You can use that vision to potentially maybe use that to develop different skills on your team or to assign certain projects. And it describes where you want to be as a team and as an organization. So the great thing about vision, if you are trying to lead your team more authentically, start by showing how they matter to your team. Share the vision and describe to them how they fit into accomplishing and achieving that vision and also understand that you as well as everyone around you has different motivations so try to uncover their motivations their purpose what they're excited about what their career paths are and then see how you can align that to the vision if you know that someone wants to develop in a particular area and it aligns with what the vision is maybe then you can delegate a project or ask them to attend a meeting so they can get more familiarity or exposure to that. And then that will more connect them to the vision. And if you want people to truly connect with it, you've got to walk the walk. You've got to show that you value the vision, that you're going to do whatever it takes to get there. And it's got to be a priority. It's not painting one vision, then going to another vision, then going to another vision. We've got to be consistent. And this will help us in our strategic thinking. It will help us in our problem solving. And of course, in our decision-making. And the last piece about vision is that you've got to have regular check-ins. A vision is great, but the mistake that that some organizations can make is that they repeat it once and expect everyone to then assign themselves to that vision, to feel a part of it, and then work towards it. A vision is something that we want to talk about frequently. We want to energize people and inspire them and really grow enthusiasm around the vision so people can use that as motivation to do their job or to work harder to overcome challenges or think differently, and to make better decisions that can get you to that vision. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's mini-sode, all about how you can become a more authentic leader. If you enjoyed this week's mini-sode, don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming service. Also, feel free to share it with your friends. We would love to be able to help develop more leaders, so please share it with them so that maybe they can gain some insights to make a greater impact. Thank you so much for tuning in until next time.